This Tridio production is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and made possible by you, our listener. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit tridio.com slash donate. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode number 35. I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the BBC series Doctor Who. Today we're discussing, what else, the announcement of the 13th Doctor, who will be played by actress Jodie Whittaker. That's right, everyone. Actress Jodie Whittaker. Uh, Joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken from San Diego. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika from Malta, Montana. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Uh, it'll be hopefully better because this is, folks, this is our second time recording this episode because the first <laughs> time you. one of us forgot to hit play and it's not the two guys in Montana or San Diego. It was me. I forgot that to was, hit That was rehearsal. That was just rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that it was, was the pre-show. It was such good stuff too, folks. Sorry. Uh, we we, <laughs> we had a good conversation. Ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm which, sorry, which folks. We will now recreate. We will recreate it uh, word for word. Uh, so, um, before we get into the announcement, uh, Jimmy, uh, you had a follow up from the Doctor Falls, uh, the yeah. last episode uh, from the season. Yeah, these were just a couple of things that I really liked about it that I meant to mention, and they just slipped my mind when we actually did the recording. One of them is the Doctor, the Master, and Missy are all using their uh, personal electronic devices in the episode at various points. The Doctor has his sonic screwdriver. The Master has what looks like a sonic screwdriver, although on some previous occasions it's been described as a laser screwdriver. And then Missy, for the first time in this episode, is using a sonic umbrella. And I just love that because it completes her image as a sinister version of Mary Poppins, which they (laughs) consciously designed her after. Yeah. And so I just love the sonic umbrella. Um, For completists, we've also seen some other sonic devices. Obviously, in recent seasons, the Doctor used the infamous sonic sunglasses, um, which I was not a fan of. And in the Sarah Jane adventures, uh, Sarah Jane Smith used sonic lipstick, uh, which, uh, <laughs> which we may see again, uh, in the, uh, in the future or, uh, yeah. Or as or our hopefully fr- not, but <laughs> it has been contested. <laughs> or our, our our friend Jeff Miller on on uh, Facebook said uh, uh, Sonic nail file and then ducked and ran out of the room uh, yeah. to avoid yeah. charges now, misogyny. The, <laughs> now the, the other these are oh, personal electronic devices. Do they have to put them on airplane mode before the TARDIS moves? <laughs> yeah, I, I I I think they probably have to turn them off. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least on at least on commercial flights. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention was uh, this made a point that I've been stressing recently. And in fact, I mentioned it just a couple episodes earlier, I think, on the writing level, which is that you don't have to turn the drama up to 11 in order to have a dramatically satisfying story. You don't have to have as a season ender. Uh, or as a regeneration story, the fate of the entire universe hanging in the balance. Um, This is something that I have. It's been a recurring complaint of mine uh, about Stephen Moffat's writing, where he and in the episodes written 
under his tenure as the producer. So he's responsible, even if he's not having the primary writing credit for an episode. The drama just so often is overhyped just verbally, um, where we're told that an entire planet or the entire universe of people we don't see is at threat. And at that, that's just meaningless verbiage because we don't see it. Or we're told that the doctor is smashing through a barrier 17 times more hard than diamond, or <laughs> this glass is meant to withstand four nuclear explosions. And you know, it's just turning up the drama verbally for no real effect. And my point has been survival is enough. That's my motto for this concept. If you care about the characters, just seeing them threatened and surviving is enough. You don't have to make the whole universe under threat. And in fact, it, it is, and you, especially you don't want to do that all the time because if everything is drama turned up to 11, then it loses its punch when you do that. Mm -hmm. So um, I liked The Doctor Falls because it's just the doctor and Missy and Bill and Nardole and some farmers mm -hmm. uh, who are under threat in this episode. It's right. not the whole world. It's not the solar system. It's not the galaxy or the universe. It's just this group of people that we care about and their survival is enough to make it dramatically satisfying. Exactly. Which is kind of what the doctor says in that that uh, speech to the Missy and the master um, where, you know, where he talks about, you know, it be kind. You know, he's kind of saying, you know, even when it's just a child who's in danger, you know, mm -hmm. that that's enough reason to for three time lords to wage to wage battle in defense of them. Uh, and, and I think it, it feels almost like Moffat doing a little bit of penance. Uh, where he's kind of bring, <laughs> bringing things Finally back. getting it. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It kind of brings things back down to the very personal, which is really what, what, it's really what ultimately matters is the person, the individual in front of you, um, you know, and, and, and the f fact of his, of the virtue, being virtuous uh, without anyone else knowing, you know, that, that, mm -hmm. that, the, 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 the definition of integrity and character is being virtuous when no one else is seeing. Uh, and we see that in that episode. So those that those are two very good points. Thank you, Jimmy, for uh, for re uh, recounting those for us. Um, there was uh, one other thing you had mentioned. Uh, oh yeah. So um, this is uh, this will set up our discussion of the thirteenth Doctor announcement. Um, <clears throat> I'm not kidding. I last night I had a dream about us doing a podcast. Uh, and in which we were reviewing the Christmas episode in which the doctor regenerates. And I have never told you this dream before, except in take one of the show <laughs> um, when I sprang it on you. But what happened in the dream was we had we were reviewing the Christmas episode and we had added another uh, another podcaster, either that or Father Corey had regenerated. I'm not sure which. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the new podcaster was a woman. And she was blonde and she had a British accent and she was throwing around a lot of upper upper crust kind of words that I was concerned were leaving the listening audience behind because she described the um, Christmas special as having a certain kind of feel. And she said it was pre-Pleblican. Now, <laughs> in real waking life, that's not a word, but... <laughs> But in the dream, I was like concerned that the audience is not going to know what pre-Pleblican means. And so I was trying to coax out of her 
the meaning of this word. And so I suggested to her that uh, pleblican would mean, which I think was my subconscious's corruption of plebeian, um, would mean, you know, related to the plebs or the common people. And saying something was pre-pleblican would therefore mean that um, it had a kind of primitive folk sensibility. And so that was uh, that was my uh, attempt to help clarify that term for the audience <laughs> during our uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland review of the Christmas special. So, as I was said before, you know, the, the uh, I, I, as a podcast host, I, I never feel at all ang ang anxious when uh, a panelist springs on me. <laughs> I want to tell this story about a dream I had about the podcast uh, without telling you about it first. No, <laughs> no anxiety there. <laughs> now, now the question is: Did you, did you, in your dream, did you like the episode? <laughs> I, I, I don't remember. I think I did, but, uh, but I was more focused on helping the audience not have mental confusion at this terminology <laughs> usage. Well, now, even more important here, because you just brought this up, if Father Corey regenerated as a woman, would he still now, be a priest? That would generate lots of outrage. <laughs> but but there's, a, there's a deep theological question here. If a Time Lord is a Catholic priest and he regenerates as a woman... No, 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 no. We're not going to get into that. We're <laughs> time not today. should become a Catholic priest because... Don't you have to be a human male exactly. to become a priest? That's yes. a very different, but also very interesting science fiction question. Do you have to be human to receive the sacraments? Exactly. And that's that's something that has been dealt with in Catholic thought for quite a few years, actually. It's, yes. it's a question that's yep. been asked. Oh, I would love to have a long conversation sometime about the possibility of intelligent alien life and redemption. But uh, that's not the, totally do that. Yeah, but that's yeah, not this episode. Oh. <laughs> we'll we'll do it some other time, folks. If you want to hear that discussion, you let us know. We'll we'll do some a special recording of just that. Um, so uh, with that, let's get to it. This is an historic announcement, folks. We all, we've, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard it already. But let's go over it again. Uh, the 13th Doctor, the regeneration of the of uh, Peter Capaldi's Doctor, the 13th Doctor will be played by the actress, British actress Jodie Whittaker. You may be familiar with her um, uh, as an, an uh, American audiences may be familiar with her from uh, the British series Broadchurch. Uh, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, you probably watch other British TV, maybe. Um, very popular uh, series. She played Beth Latimer, the mother of Danny, who's the boy whose murder was a central uh, uh, part of the three season series. Uh, uh, you know, series called Broadchurch. That's not a spoiler. The if you haven't seen Broadchurch, that literally happens in the very first moments of the first episode. So I, I haven't spoiled anything for you. Uh, the significance of Broadchurch is that new Doctor Who showrunner uh, Chris Chibnall is the creator and producer of. Broadchurch, um, which literally just ended its three season run uh, in the UK. Um, I don't think it's aired at all in the US or on Netflix, the third no, season. It's, it's airing right now. The third season's airing now? Okay. Yeah, I've been watching it. Okay, good. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so uh, this is the, the actress. She's been in a few other things. We could talk about her specifically, our reactions to her. But first, I'm just going to go over the announcement itself. Um, we found out at the end of last week uh, in a pre-announcement video, <laughs> which is fun, uh, that they showed us that they were going to make an announcement after the Wimbledon final on Sunday. Uh, Wimbledon uh, for all uh, uh, um, uh, Doctor Who nerds, We it is the... Uh, 
big tennis uh, tournament uh, that's held in, in uh, Britain every year, uh, one of the biggest tennis uh, events of the year. Uh, and so all the Doctor Who fans were obsessively Googling suddenly, uh, when is the Wimbledon final and what time does it end? Uh, and so, <laughs> yep. so, uh, on, so, so we got the pre-announcement. It, it featured a, the number 13 in various places all over the world on uh, the Statue of Liberty on the White Cliffs of Dover and you know all these various places and then showed the TARDIS key standing uh, sitting on a plinth of some sort um dematerializing and that was and then so we'll find out at Wimbledon who who uh, is the next doctor um so yeah so then on Sunday uh I was monitoring Twitter uh, obsessively around, so that I found out that the Wimbledon final should end around four, five o'clock uh, London time, so about noon to one East East Coast time. Um, uh, Roger Federer defeated his opponent in record time, so they had the the, the commentators <laughs> were going on and on and on. They had to fill and fill, and Twitter was filled with people going, "Would you stop talking about tennis already?" Uh, and um, so I, I loved Richard Iwade's comment on Twitter because he was an actor that some people had suggested might be good as the doctor. And I thought he actually would be good. And he tweeted, can't wait to find out if I'm the doctor. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> there was some great stuff. I mean, William Shatner was tweeting about it. Uh, you know, he's a Doctor Who fan. Uh, Alton oh, Brown that's... is a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, so, uh it's it was very funny watching all of the the commentary. Lots of memes and and uh, animated gifs. Oh yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then we got the video. Uh, the BBC uh, Twitter account tweeted out this video that uh, was a one minute long commercial that aired on British television. Didn't air anywhere in the U.S. as far as I know, um, except online. And it was this one minute video. We'll link to it. It's probably on the. Uh, the YouTube page for the official Doctor Who. Um, and then, so the video, it starts in the woods. Um, we see uh, a person walking. We, you know, we see them from behind walking through the woods with their hood up. Um, uh, they uh, turn. Deliberately concealing the gender. Yes, deliberately. Yes, exactly. Um, even to the point of where the gait of the person walking uh, was, I thought it felt it was like sort of masculine or at least gender neutral. It wasn't wasn't obviously a woman's walk or a man's walk. It was. I think they were intentionally trying to mask it. Um, they reveal they you know the hand. Uh, they see a hand. The key TARDIS key materializes in the hand. Looks like a woman's hand, maybe or a, or a, a slender man's hand. I don't know. You know, it could, could be certainly not my hand. But I've got big fat sausage <laughs> fingers um and then uh we we pan up we, we well not pan but we see um part of a face the hoodie comes off and we see jody whitaker standing there and then uh the tardis uh materializes so thoughts guys on the announcement on the hype the pre-announcement what did you think well i thought it was it was obvious that they were trying to do the big reveal you know that mm -hmm. they were Kind of like, you know, let's let's make like you mentioned, you know, everything was the, the clothing, you know, she was wearing a, a hoodie with kind of a long tail trench coat, um, you know, so you really couldn't see anything. You couldn't tell any kind of figure, any kind of, you know, bodily feature at all other than this is a person, um, slender person, but a person. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, it's a woman. You know, I mean, that's kind of how I felt it, it really went. Right. You know, like, let's let's try to obscure it as much as possible to the absolute last second. 
And this was very different from the previous reveal of Peter Capaldi, right? Yes. Uh, oh, what? yes. Oh, yeah. The, if you remember the, the previous, when they revealed Peter Capaldi, it was a big event. I mean, it, it was, was a TV a, show. Oh, yeah. They took like a half an hour simulcast in the United States on BBC America and over in Australia, New Zealand and all these places. And it, they had this whole performance. And they showed, you know, the Matt Smith era and they had big deal in the stage with live audience and lights and the whole whole deal. And then, of course, then Peter Capaldi walks out and they interview him. And that's the show. Uh, this was let's have a let's have a one minute pre-announcement announcement a couple of days before <laughs> and then a one minute announcement the day of. Right. And that was it. I, I think there there's a reason for that, um, which is that they're want they know this announcement's going to be controversial. And, you know, we'll get into the controversy about it. But if if you had uh, the kind of rollout that they gave Peter Capaldi, um, which was not expected to be controversial, it was they thought everyone's going to love that. Mm -hmm. um, then it's okay to like, okay, we'll have the review of Matt Smith. We'll bring out Peter Capaldi, and we'll interview him about his, you know, uh, thoughts about the coming role he's going to be taking, and everybody will love it. But if you know a bunch of people are not going to love it then it can make sense to say, let's dole this out in little bits and let them get used to the idea. So it's kind of like the cook a frog technique. Mm -hmm. uh, so by the time we get to the Christmas special, they'll already have gotten over their initial reaction right. if it's negative, and they'll be more open to accepting this. Yeah. And they're obviously doing that because Almost from the moment that announcement was released online, they're doing interviews, there's articles, there's videos. I mean, they're, they've obviously been preparing this for a while, which you would expect. I mean, something like this, you would expect that they would announce whether it would be another man or a woman or, you know, whoever it would have been, they would have been prepared so that there would have been news articles and everything. But still, um, you're right. It, it's obvious that they're trying to kind of keep that information out there and just kind of keep you getting used to it. And they're doing it now, and I think they would have done it now, man or woman, uh, because um, they're filming the Christmas special now. Um, you know, filming this this secret uh, the, uh, this reveal video probably took about four people in the woods. The actress, mm -hmm. costumer, makeup camera guy didn't even need sound. They added that in post uh, and producer. You, you know, some special effects in post. Right, exactly. So it was a handful of people. This, this the circle of secrets is small. But when you start filming the Christmas special, you have hundreds of people working on set. She's yeah. got to be there for the regeneration. You know, as soon as she walks on set, everybody's going to know the, the secrets yeah. out. Um, so they had, you know, if they want to control, if they, you know, and the the the, the flow of information, they want to, you know, keep the hype machine fed. This is how you do it. You do it six months out when you, you know, right before you start feeding, you have a filming uh, her scenes. And that's and so that makes mm -hmm. sense uh, that they would do it now for that. So the, so that's the the announcement and how they did the announcement. Mm -hmm. The reactions. The, so I, I found the reactions kind of fell into a couple into a couple categories. So there were the people who obviously the, they were thrilled, thrilled it's a woman or that it's this particular actress or or they just thrilled because it's it's something new and they didn't like Peter Capaldi or something. But there's the people who were thrilled. There are people who were a little more reserved um, that, you know, well, we'll see. I'm not sure about this, but, you know, I, I want to wait and see. And then there are the people who are, are just really upset or not, or they just don't like it. I, don't, I won't say they're really upset, but well, they don't like it. Some are really upset. Some yeah. are. Yep. 
uh, definitely. Um, I've seen it. Uh, but some are some just don't like it. Um, they, they just think it's a bad casting decision because mm -hmm. they don't like this particular actress. Some think it's the pushing of an agenda, uh, a PC agenda. Um, some, um, some, or some just don't like the idea that you're going to change the character of the Doctor so much. And that's a major change. He's been a man, and now you're going to change the character of the Doctor to a woman. And that... Whatever you, I'm sorry, but whatever you say, men and women are, you know, are very different. Um, I mean, I know that that's, that's, I guess it's a controversial are remark these days. Are we allowed to days. say that now? <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, that, I guess that's <laughs> controversial now, but I'm, okay, I'm, I'm sort of old fashioned in that sense. Uh, men and women are, are different um, in, in many ways. Uh, and uh, that, and that some people aren't happy with that. I, I'll say right off the bat, I fall in the middle category. I, I'm in a wait and see. Um, I, I don't. I. I. I think she was. Uh, she's a fine actress. She was. I liked her in Broadchurch. I'm not sure how her doctor will be, um, but I'll wait and see until uh, they fill. They. I could actually see a, a scene that she's acting in. Um, I, I do. I am a little trepidatious about the idea of pushing a PC agenda that we had to, f that the most important category idea was we had to find a woman and rather than the best person for the job. That's, that's my concern. So how do you guys feel? Father Corey, why don't you, we started with you last time. So let's start with you again. Well, uh, before, I, before I say uh, what I think, I, I ha do have to mention that the doctor has been a woman before. That's oh, right. Yeah. Um, so in, in, I don't know if they still Not do in this. Not canon. Not in canon, to be fair. Um, I don't know if they still do this over in the BBC. I think they do. But every year they would do a fundraiser for Comic Relief, which is a, a fundraiser for, I believe it's for uh, uh, poverty relief and things like that. And they would do skits based off their shows. Well, in uh, 1999, they did a skit, The Curse of the Fatal Death, with uh, Rowan Atkinson as the doctor, which it's phenomenal. It's It's hilarious. <laughs> By the way, uh, do you know Jimmy? Do you know who little, wrote that? Little, oh yeah, it was uh, it was Stephen Moffat. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was actually, and it's a little risque. So it is. A caveat, it is caveat yeah. video. But it is it is very it is hilarious. Um, and at the end of the skit, the doctor becomes a woman. He regenerates into Joanna Lumley. Yes, Joanna Lumley, and it it so the doctor's been a woman before, not canonical. <laughs> not canonical. So. The, this is something they've obviously played with before. Maybe that's where uh, Stephen Moffat got the idea to do it here. But anyways, um, I'm concerned, but only because of the history of the past couple of seasons. Basically, last season, the, the 10th season, every other episode seemed to have a point where Bill is saying, by the way, I like women. And it's was pretty much that blunt. You know, it wasn't just like, okay, she's, she's homosexual. Okay, fine. Whatever. You know, it's like, we have to keep reminding you she's homosexual. And it feels because of that, my initial instinct was this is more of a political correctness choice. Kind of like you mentioned, uh, Dom. And I'm afraid they're going to continue along that path where they're going to continue to play kind of the political correctness, social justice type of issues that really don't need to be there. They really don't need to be in this series, but they use it to, to talk about the issue of the week. You know, we, we'd complained about that 
that last season was kind of an issue of the week season. And I'm afraid it's going to continue along that path. I'm not opposed to the doctor being a woman. I don't have really any care either way. Again, kind of like you, uh, Dom, as long as, you know, she's a good actress, she does the job well, she, um, yeah, I want to see what it's going to be like. And who knows, she may be, end up being one of the best doctors there were. It depends on the writing. You know, again, we've seen that Peter Capaldi could have been one of the best doctors, in my opinion, but he had some pretty bad writers at times. Um, so I, I guess I'm kind of reserved right now. I'm I'm not happy about it just because of the uh, the political correctness kind of floating around the series right now. OK. How about you, Jimmy? Um, I'm in the middle category as well. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm not one who says, oh, no, it's a woman or, yay, finally, it's a woman. I really don't care. Um, I'm interested in interesting stories about interesting characters and, cause you know, issues like, is this a character? Is this character male or female? <clears throat> you know, isn't of primary concern to me. I didn't mind in Battlestar Galactica when Starbuck was reimagined as a woman. Uh, the reimagined series right. of Battlestar Galactica was vastly superior to the original. <laughs> and and frankly, the reimagined Starbuck was vastly more interesting mm -hmm. than the original. Um, oh, I didn't poor have Dirk Benedict. <laughs> well, I'm, it, I'm not blaming gotcha. Dirk. I, the character was more interesting. I'm yes. not saying anything about the actors. Definitely, definitely. Um, the, uh, uh, I mean, Dirk Benedict didn't turn out literally to be an angel. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, <laughs> But uh, if it's if it's as old as BSG, it's not. A, it, spoilers don't count. Exactly. Um, exactly. Similarly, you know, uh, I didn't. I, I don't mind. I mean, I watch Shakespeare and 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 operas, and it's common to reimagine Shakespearean plays or operas in other social settings. So, like mm -hmm. Orson Welles back in the '30s did a version of Macbeth, where he transferred the location from Scotland to a Caribbean island. So you had an all-black cast. And that's totally fine. It's a legitimate dramatic choice. I've seen other plays transferred, uh, done in, you know, Shakespearean plays, uh, transferred from one century to another. So they're done in modern times, or they're done in a different culture, or they're done with genders changed. Or, or yeah. Hamilton on Broadway, which is um, mm -hmm. a, all, done with a, a, all... Uh, a cast where the you know the the founding fathers are played by people of various ethnicities. Um, mm -hmm. We've and in fact even in science fiction there there is actually something very similar to this in an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, the first episode in which we we saw a trill. Uh, these right. were the symbiotic uh, uh, species where uh, a human-looking uh, host would carry around this uh, parasitic looking alien in a post inside them. A symbiote, that's right. And, uh, you know, later on, we got to know in Deep, uh, Deep Space Nine, the, the our, you know, uh, uh, Dax, which, you know, became a beloved character. But in this one, it was a uh, a man, a trill, uh, meets Dr. Beverly Crusher. They start a relationship. He gets sick. And then we have to, the, the, the symbiote has to be given to a new host. And then it turns out that the new host is a woman and then there's this awkward moment where Dr. Crusher has to kind of like saying, this doesn't work for me. And, and so we had, but we had this sort of gender changing uh, alien 
um, presented to us. This is science fiction. This is this is what we do. Is, is in science fiction we look at the you know what if you know the what if things and changing things and the doctor's an alien and and in fact Jimmy it has it how long has it been established that time lords can go back and forth between the sexes? Well, in canon, it's fairly recent. Uh, it in Matt Smith's time. We had a mention of a Time Lord that we never actually saw except for his arm named the Corsair. And Matt Smith's doctor told us that the Corsair had had been a woman in at least one of his incarnations. And then when Paul McGann regenerated in Night of the Doctor, one of the regeneration options that was presented to him was being a woman. Um, Missy, obviously, was the first time we actually um, had a major Time Lord who had changed mm -hmm. gender. Um, the idea, though, had been around for a long time. When Tom Baker, back in like 1981, was exiting the role of the fourth doctor, he wished, he said, he uh, talking about the, the person who would follow him as the doctor, he said, I wish good luck to him or her. And so fandom in Doctor Who has been talking about this idea for decades and decades. It's not a recent thing. And every time subsequently the doctor has regenerated, there's been a question of will this time be the first woman? And, um, you know, some fans have said, well, after this many regenerations as a man, it would be kind of strange to have a woman. And do we like would you change James Bond into Jane Bond after this many decades? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, there is a certain conceptual. OK, we're used to this character the way the character is. We like the character. We don't want the character to change too much. Um, I can I understand that viewpoint. That's a human viewpoint. When I've seen reboots in comic books, mm -hmm. I have not always liked the way they rebooted the characters and changed them around. But in principle, I don't I don't have a problem. What's interesting, what I'm interested in is will they tell good stories? Will this person be likable? Um, they're taking kind of a risk here in a few regards. Uh, one of them is this can be perceived as a stunt. And mm -hmm. if if Jodie Whittaker comes out of the gate and doesn't win people over immediately, like Peter Capaldi did not win people over immediately, this can go south on them really quick. And right. people can say, oh, this was just a stunt. This isn't working. They're terrible writers. They're ruining the first female doctor, blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of pressure that's going to be on her as, as they start filming mm -hmm. this. Um, also, it's going to require a change in the dynamic of the series, because up to now we've had a male protagonist and largely female companions. Mm -hmm. And what they're going to do with the companions is unclear. There have obviously been male companions before, um, and we've had male a male doctor with a male companion uh, on a number of occasions, the most famous example being the partnership between Patrick Troughton's second doctor and his companion, Jamie, mm -hmm. which was a really great dynamic. Jamie was the most popular companion until Sarah Jane Smith. And um, and so we have seen a same-sex doctor-companion dynamic before, whether they'll have uh, a female doctor with female companion or female doctor with male companion, that's going to be up in the air. But when you change that central role, it's going to mm -hmm. affect the dynamic of the companion relationship, no matter what gender or genders you have the companions being. Also, they're going to, uh, every time the doctor visits Earth's past, 
there's going to be a question of how does the doctor relate to people in that society, because the doctor right. is an authority figure. And if you're visiting cultures where women are not typically authority figures, that can potentially, you know, cause some complications. Right. And so uh, I wonder how that's going to affect the story. One of the things I liked, um, you know, in Star Trek, when they cast the first woman captain, Captain Janeway on Voyager, um, you know, a lot of people were having the, finally, we get a female captain. And I didn't care one way or another. I thought, okay, fine, let's see how a female captain works. And one of the things I liked about Janeway was not just Kate Mulgrew's performance as Janeway, but I liked the fact nobody made a big deal out of the fact mm -hmm. that she was a woman. It wasn't an issue. And so, you I mean, it would have been a disaster if we had gotten a bunch of stories where Janeway was talking to Chakotay saying, are you only saying that because I'm a woman? You know, I mean, yeah, come exactly. on, guys. This is not what I'm here for. Best I want to see Janeway imitation story. ever. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what I what I don't want to see is a bunch of stories on Doctor Who where the issue of the doctor's gender becomes a big deal. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have to mention it from time to time. They'll probably joke about it a little bit. But um, but I, but I don't want to see it become a recurring theme because right. that's not what's interesting to me. I don't care what gender you are. I want an interesting story. I guess we could we could put them on notice and say you get one time to say I was a man for three thousand years and now I'm a woman. They get one <laughs> time to say that. Well, you know, a big part of the the expansion of the Doctor Who fandom over the past you know what handful of years, uh, you know, eight ten years, I guess it is. Um, has been the the romantic interest that that comes up occasionally between the Ro Rose and the Eleventh Doctor, um, and uh, then it was um, the the romantic elements, Amy, yeah, with Amy and and the and the Twelfth Doctor, uh, and it, of course it was a sort of a triangle there. It was a complicated. Let's just put it that way. And then Clara and the Twelfth Doctor, but I think. A, a huge element of the worldwide popularity have been the these relationships, which for a lot of longtime Doctor Who fans, it was it got kind of I, I think some of us were frustrated at times because that's not really all Doctor Who Doctor Who is about about this relate you know the, ro these pseudo romantic relationships. Um, and in fact, we had times where like the Doctor and Donna, uh, or the Doc. Well, yeah, the Doctor and Donna was the big one where there wasn't this romantic relationship or, or even any m amount of you know, romantic tension. That and that was the norm in classic Who. Right, and that's that's what I'm saying. So we're kind of. So I think some of the reaction is as well. We're not going to be able to have those sorts of. Uh, that same sort of the 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 male doctor and the female companion, it might be feel awkward if she picks up a male companion and there's romantic interest. Uh, I mean, unless I mean, it just it feels like that would be awkward. Maybe I'm betraying uh, uh, old fuddy duddy here. Uh, that idea that uh, it's not that I'm against strong women. It just it feels weird. I mean, frankly, uh, I'll be quite honest. I I don't want I, it'll be weird to 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 see the doctor and go she's kind of cute in this episode. No, wait, that's weird. <laughs> that used to be Peter Capaldi. Well, now, now, now we know all, how the fangirls felt in the time of David Tennant and <laughs> right. Matt Smith. I mean, Jodie Whittaker is a, is a beautiful woman. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's like of course she is. But it's I mean, it's just it's it there is this sort a certain sort of uh, lack of comfort in this idea of the switch. You just said we've gotten so used to the doctor being, 
you know, certain traits. He's this chaotic, unpredictable alien with these certain mannerisms that, that have been a through line. I mean, Matt Smith and William Hartnell were very different the way they acted, of course, but there's still there's still something distinctively male in that. And now we're introducing this co- completely different element um, in the Doctor's personality. And in this, I think that's some of the trepidation is, is how will this change this beloved figure that I know? Um, and some of the people people have asked us how will it impact the Doctor's relationships with recurring characters? So I think we should right off the bat. This, there's some concern. Oh well, River Song's going to show up, and now we're going to have this weird. Um, same-sex relationship. I, I, my understanding is is that River Song isn't coming back. Uh, that we've that the um, that last ep- the Christmas episode, uh, the husbands of River Song. I think they is tied up her arc. Yeah, I think that's the end of the River Song appearances. They they okay. could bring her back. I mean, there's lots of you know she's a time traveler, so they could right. bring her back at any point. But unless they have a specific story reason to do so, uh, they're not likely to. And my guess is they're not going to have any major same sex romance story arc in the foreseeable future. They're taking enough risk as it is, right? Um, by turning the Doctor into a woman, because there's a real risk of alienation here. Um, Marvel Comics right now is suffering i mean in in the comic book world marvel's sales have just plummeted in recent years precisely because they took all of these beloved characters like thor and iron man and captain marvel and other mm-hmm. characters that people had been used to for decades and really liked and replaced them with a bunch of new characters who were very obviously uh meant to uh, fill certain uh, racial and sexual and sexual orientation checkboxes. And people said, look, I don't care if you have some, if you introduce new characters who are of these various types, but I, I want stories about the characters mm-hmm. I'd already grown to love too. And so they, a lot of Marvel fans have felt disconnected and refused to read the newer stories, uh, and their sales have really taken a hit. And the same right. thing could happen uh, here if people feel like the new Doctor is too different, uh, and they start pining for man. I just I'd rather be watching the kind of character I'd I'd grown to love. Mm-hmm. Um, then this could play out in a way for them that's not going to be so great. So uh, we we wanted to keep these. Uh, it- episodes where we're, that we're doing in between seasons of the of the of Doctor Who uh, a little shorter so we're, we we don't want to go 2 hours <laughs> definitely um <laughs> we're we're over th- we're over 30 minutes now uh, so I want to kind of start wrapping up some things and and I do want to mention uh I, as I, I probably will mention again at the end we 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 had planned to do um the big finish audio play uh, spare parts the this episode we're going to do that next uh next week yeah. You'll get overcome that overcome by events. Yes, I mean yep. we had to talk about this announcement, but so just to, I mean, so I wanted to. So do you have you seen Jodie Whittaker in anything else other than Broadchurch? Either of you, because I went through her I'm IMDb not. and nothing looked familiar to me. I Broadchurch, even in England, has been her major role. She's appeared in a few other things. I've seen clips of her in other stuff, like in a comedy. I've watched some TV interviews with her. Um, but on YouTube, but I know her from Broadchurch and which I've been a fan of for, uh, for some time I've been, and, and we Broadchurch is really kind of has this weird crossover 
thing with Doctor Who, because um, even though originally it had nothing to do with Doctor Who, you know, David Tennant stars as the main character. Um, Arthur Darvill. second Arthur Darvill, yeah, uh, Rory, Rory yep. um, was uh, was part of it. Um, Olivia, whose name I'm blanking Coleman. on. Olivia Coleman, who was uh, Prisoner Zero, um, was the second lead character. Um, even, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, David Bradley, uh, right. who is going to be back in the Christmas special playing the first Doctor, uh, he has a role in the first season of Broadchurch. That's right. Hmm. And so there's lots of Doctor Who actors in Broadchurch. And now Chris Chibnall, the showrunner, is moving over to be the showrunner for Doctor Who, and he's bringing Olivia Coleman, or um, he's bringing uh, Jodie Whittaker with him. Uh, but that's been her major role to date. And I'm a little uncertain uh, based on that role about how she's going to function as the Doctor, because in Broadchurch, she's playing the mother of a, of a boy who's been murdered. And so in that first season especially, but also in the second season, she's hurting and she's this, you know, mother in crisis. Right. And, and this anguished mother figure. Emotionally vulnerable. Um, emotionally vulnerable, but she also lashes out uh, angrily and her marriage with her husband is falling apart. And there's a question of what happens to them. And so she, I've only seen her in this kind of hurting slash aggressive mode. And that's not my image of the doctor. Hmm. So I'm going to be interested. I, obviously, Chris Chibnall thinks he's seen some things in her as an actress that she's capable of much more than that. But I definitely don't want to see a hurting, aggressive doctor. Um, I want someone who's fun and exciting and adventurous. Um, and so I'm hoping she pulls that off. Having said that about her, when I first saw Matt Smith before I saw The Eleventh Hour, I thought, man, I don't know how this guy's going to work as the Doctor. But then when when I saw The Eleventh Hour, his first episode, he won me over in five minutes. And I said, oh, mm -hmm. Matt Smith is the Doctor, no problem. Well, even Peter Capaldi's prior, uh, he was famous for a show prior to this. He was, uh, I had never seen it, but from what I heard, I mean, he was a foul-mouthed mean foul -mouthed. character yeah. uh, in this prior in this other show and people were like how is this guy going to be the doctor the thing that that the, the thing that concerns me more than jody whittaker is I, I, concern is I, I, concern makes it sound like I, i'm like i think i know something bad the thing i, I i'm curious of is, is how is chris chibnall going to change the tone of the show and the fact that she um the fact that that she hasn't done really comedy, as far as I can tell, she, in the movies she has. Okay, all right. So I, none of the movies I looked at I could tell were comedy. There's ever one older one called Saint Trinian's. Uh, but but it would uh, Chris Chibnall could, as showrunner, can change the tone of the show and make it more serious and less mm -hmm. less comedic. Mm -hmm. As I mean, the show has been over the past. Oh, I'd say eight or nine seasons has been fairly, uh, you know, lots of humor and fun. It, it, it at times very dramatic and serious, but but always punctuated by fun, especially in the Moffat era. Do we take a turn to the more serious? That's that's well, that's my question and, when I see the actress. Yeah, and and that's actually one of the things I've been hoping for. Uh, one of my criticisms of the Stephen Moffat era is this is I mean the doc Doctor Who has always been science fantasy. But mm -hmm. in Stephen Moffat's era, it became science fairy tale. 
where there was it was just way whimsical, completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And I've been hoping that as the creator of Broadchurch, Chris Chibnall will bring a more realistic sensibility to it. Having said that, I still want it to be fun and adventurous, even if it has greater overtones of seriousness and drama and a bit more realism. Yes. Yes. Okay. Father Corey, any any input on 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 that aspect of the announcement? Oh no, I I, I kind of agree with Jimmy because you know you look back at classic Who and it's always had the tongue in cheek. You know, it's always had kind of the silly episodes. It's always had the uh, the, the humorous for a jelly moments. Baby. Exactly. Especially, yeah, especially Tom Baker. You know, Tom Baker is kind of everybody's favorite classic doctor because he was such a good actor to begin with. But then just he had the humor and the seriousness and the emotion and just, you know, it all kind of it was really a good mix. It really was. And I'd like to see him get back to that where, yeah, you have you have the campy and the silly and the ridiculous, but you also have the very deep and serious and uh, dramatic the question is, is whether new fans who've only come in over in recent years will uh, continue to appreciate it in that vein. We'll see. It'll be right. very interesting. So, and, and to be fair, David Tennant's era had a lot of that too. Right. Well, the Russell T. Davies writing was, yeah, but had a lot more of the serious thing. It's really in the Moffat era that we got very uh, more of the can't be fun, exactly. uh, funny. Uh, so, folks, that's that's the announcement. Um, Historic moment in Doctor Who history. Uh, what do you think? What what is? Yeah, I've heard from some of you already. <laughs> so, but for those of you who don't know, what is? What do you think of the selection of Jodie Whittaker? What do you think of what we said? Um, let us know. Visit us on uh, our, our website at tridio.com, T-R-I-D-E-O.com, uh, or go to the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page and leave us some feedback, or send us an email to uh, Doctor Who at sqpn.com. Um, we'll, we'll be uh, back next week when we'll be discussing the spare parts, that big finish audio play, uh, about the fifth doctor, uh, versus this Mondasian Cybermen, um, that we had planned for this time. But, uh, we, we thank you for, uh, indulging us and our, uh, our second run through the discussion <laughs> of, of this because I didn't press uh, record earlier, but, uh, I think this is a good discussion. And if so, you know, let me know, uh, let, you know, send us, uh, feedback, let us know what you thought um so until next time uh father Corey stika thank you for joining in the secrets of doctor who thank you and jimmy thank you as well my pleasure and once again i'm dom Bettinelli. thank you for listening when will i see you again uh soon i expect or later one of those <laughs>